What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Tyus Jones is apparently available on the trademark, and we're going to talk about should the Bulls look to make a move for Tyus Jones and what benefits he could provide the team. We're also going to ask, are the Bulls going to trade into the draft tomorrow and the Knicks possibly preparing to offer for Zach Levine? We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm Hayes. Right off the top, you can follow the show at Bulls Central Pod if you choose to do so. But let's go ahead and get into the content for today. First up, Tyus Jones is apparently available as the Memphis Grizzlies are looking to help facilitate him landing a long-term starting position on another team. And so the question remains, should the Chicago Bulls potentially look into Tyus Jones? You guys know Tyus Jones has been one of my biggest targets and one of the first players that I looked at as far as the Bulls acquiring. More looked at Trey Jones, but Tyus Jones fits a lot of the same things as well. Trey Jones is really the guy that I would like we could have anybody, but Tyus Jones offers when you look at him as a starter 16.4 points per game 8.1 assists 1.8 steals 40 percent from three and 50 percent overall from the field as a starter and the reason why that is such a major thing is because Tyus Jones is not somebody who is going to get a lot of calls played for them even when standing in for John Morant it's not like they keep the same uh you know play calling as much plays and options as they call for John Morant Trey Jones is really a guard that knows how to get out and get it done, right? He knows how to facilitate. His assist-to-turnover ratio is nothing but outstanding. And then his ability to hit the three, especially when he's not the focal point of the offense, he's able to knock down those open threes at a much better rate than anything that we've had at the starting point guard. Now, I do think that Tyus Jones could be a great starting point guard for the Chicago Bulls. He also comes at a reasonable contract at around $15 million, which is only $3 million above the mid-level exception. So I think the value that you get in Tyus Jones, as well as everything else, it just it just would work perfectly for the Bulls. Now, I'm going to go ahead and talk about this as well because I know there are going to be some people that ask, well, what about Kobe? What, is, what does Tyus Jones brings that Kobe White does not? And the simple fact of the matter is, is efficiency. Tyus Jones is a much better efficient player, a much more efficient player, I guess it's proper English, than Kobe White has ever been. And while Kobe White has made leaps defensively in his playmaking and everything, and I do not want to take away from that, he is still not at the level of Tyus Jones in any of those facets. When you look at their three-point percentage, right? Nearly identical, right? But again, it's the higher volume and, and efficiency in which Tyus Jones hits it over what Kobe White does, right? So let's, let's just take a look at the numbers. Give me one second. We're going to move this over here. Great podcasting, by the way. So when you look at the numbers, uh, for example, Tyus Jones shoots the three-pointer at 37% clip. And that is around the same that Kobe White did, 37% last season as well. The difference is, is Tyus Jones does it at taking almost one less three per game and is a, is a much more efficient player than that, right? And he, and he has a higher usage rate, so he's able to be more effective. I'm sorry, he has a lower usage rate than even Kobe White, so he's able to be equally as effective without as many plays called for him. Secondly, when you look at their overall field goal percentage, 
Kobe White last season was a 44.3 field goal sh- uh, shooter, taking eight uh, field goals, eight shots per game, right? That's last season. When you look at Tyus Jones, he took 8.9 shots per game, hit that at a 44% clip. Again, very similar in the way when you look at the raw numbers. The, 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 the difference that ma- thing that makes the biggest difference between them is the efficiency. Also, when you look at, at free, uh, free throw shooting percentage, Kobe White gets to the, to the free throw line less than one time per game. Tyus Jones gets to the free throw line at one and a half times per game and hits that at an 80% clip. Overall, Tyus Jones just brings more. He's, he, he brings more as far as the assist ratio. Five assists per game, even with most of that being coming from off the bench. We talked about what he brings as a starter. Kobe White, the closest he's ever been to that was 4.8 assists per game, and he started 69 out of 54 games. That I'm sorry, he started 54 out of 69 games the season which he did that, which was Kobe White's sophomore season. When it's all said and done, Tyus Jones is a much more straightforward point guard than Kobe White. And this is, again, this is not to slight Kobe. This is just to say that in that point guard role, Tyus Jones offers more than what Kobe White offers as a, as a strict point guard. And, I, and keep in mind, this conversation isn't saying either Tyus Jones or Kobe White. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying you still re-sign Kobe White. I, 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 you still want to keep Kobe White. What Kobe White has brought off the bench, what he's shown with his ability, his growth as a decision maker, a defender, all that, and even that. Let me be clear here. Tyus Jones, uh, defensive rating higher than Kobe White's on average, right? So Kobe White has, and he's grown so much in the last season. And I do not, and I, I only brought up this comparison because I know people were going to ask it. And overall, Tyus Jones is a much better point guard than Kobe White. And when you look at what the Bulls would need at their starting point guard, they need somebody who's able to be efficient in taking shots, especially hitting threes, right? And Tyus Jones has shown that, especially as a starter, said it as a starter, 41% from three, huge, right? And the the shots that that Tyus Jones would get naturally being more open and, and letting Zach DeMar Vooch be the focal point on the offense, I trust him to hit those shots at a higher rate than Kobe White. And so, Again, I brought it up because I knew guys, they did it over on Locked on Bulls, and they're going to probably bring that comparison over here. I love what Tyus Jones brings. And Cornelius, because I know you're watching, I know you're going to bring up D'Angelo Russell. Tyus Jones comes at a much cheaper price than what D'Angelo Russell is also projected to come at. Am I saying that Tyus Jones is the perfect point guard for the Chicago Bulls? No. But I'm saying his ability to run an offense as an actual point guard and facilitate without, without committing turnovers is a huge factor of why Tyus Jones could be a nice fit for the Chicago Bulls. Am I saying they should give up the farm for him? No, right? Because at that point, then you're starting to offset. But if the Bulls can work out a deal with um, with the Memphis Grizzlies, who reportedly are looking for a wing to replace Dylan Brooks, I think you can do a lot worse than Tyus Jones if you try to go out there and even on what's on the free agent market. So I am all in the boat of trying to pursue Tyus Jones. It really depends on what. You get what what they want back from them. Are they willing to work out a signing trade when it comes to Javante Green? Are they interested in anybody else? I wouldn't get to the point of like moving uh, Alex Cruz or anything for him, but you really got to see and at least be on the phone to see what you can get, uh, what you can send out to get Tyus Jones back. So that's something that I'd be interested in. You guys can let me know what you guys think on everything down below. Now, one of the things over the course of this week leading up to the draft has just been the conversation around Zach Levine. We found out what the Bulls, uh, what would want back in value in that type of deal? And it was multiple first-round picks, 
a good young player and salary cap filler. And objectively, right, I'll get into my personal feelings on it, but objectively, when you look at the New York Knicks, they have young players in R.J. Barrett, Quentin uh, Grimes, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, right? And then you also, this is something that I didn't know until researching this, the New York Knicks have a potential of up to four first-round picks just in next year's draft. And the reason why that's important is that the Bulls probably do not want to kick the can too far down the road if they are trading Zach Levine, because what if that move, that, that it makes that team just so good that they aren't getting first-round picks you know, in the future? So the, the, the Knicks have their own first-round pick in 2024. They have the Dallas Mavericks pick that's going to be top 10 protected. They have the Hornets and the Wizards picks that are, that are top 14 and top 12 pr- protected. And the Knicks have their own first-round picks from 2026 onward. So the Knicks would fit theoretically that, that, that market that we've heard that the Bulls could be in when it comes to moving Zach Levine and what their, their rumored package would be. But ultimately, do we look at any of that making the Bulls considerably better? Right, the the Knicks don't have a pick in this year's draft unless I'm uh, and, and not in the first round because that is actually going to Portland. So ultimately, you would then be betting on future first round picks. And if Zach Levine does go to New York and shines like like we think he can do for the Bulls, and that team ends up going far in the playoffs, probably ultimately losing because Julius Randle is going to forget to play basketball more every round that they go on. But that's a that's a that's just a little tangent. Um, but ultimately, I I. While the Knicks on paper have a lot, and they could be, as rumored, this is by On Tap Sports, rumored to be getting ready to put a package together for Zach. I don't know if I like a lot of those pieces. RJ Barrett brings a lot of the same questions that we have with players already on this team. Quentin Grimes, he's cool. Don't get me wrong. I like Obi Toppin. I like the, his the, like the potential there in him. And and quickly is cool, but at the end of the day, too, it's like quickly is kind of a one-dimensional player. And I know some people are going to say, hey, Zach Levine's a one-dimensional player. But ultimately, you know, the first-round picks are what could entice the Bulls if that were to happen. But you guys know, I don't think Zach's actually going to be traded. Um, so that kind of limits that, that thought process there. But I do think, ultimately, um, that the Knicks could try to put a pack. They may have already offered one, for all we know. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to go down. But let me know what you guys think. Do you think that the New York Knicks have enough to trade for Zach Levine and are you interested, or should the Bulls be interested in some of the younger, because it's not super young, but younger pieces they have on that roster? Let me know what you guys think on that one down below as well. So one day before the draft, one of the biggest questions remaining is, are the Bulls going to make a move into the draft? We've seen they've brought in people for workouts. Some of the talent they brought in more recently has been players that are projected to go in the second round, maybe even go undrafted. Or do the Bulls do something with Portland or any other team to kind of to try to get in the first round. The reason why we keep talking about it, for those that don't know, is that with the Bulls being so strapped for cash as they are, first round picks or draft picks in general offer, uh, if you select them right, a talent that's going to come in at a, at, a, at a team-friendly salary level as well that can help the Bulls as far as how tight they are up against the luxury tax. But ultimately, it's been quiet. Now, sometimes being quiet means that a move is coming. Sometimes being quiet means that nothing's coming down the pipeline. And AK has done both, right? We've seen AK be quiet and relatively make a bunch of moves. And then we've seen AK talk about what he wants to go out and get and not get it. So ultimately, I really don't have a pulse on it. I do think and hope that the Bulls can make a move into that late first round. That's why we've been covering draft prospects there. But all will be said tomorrow. And we'll find it all out tomorrow. And then... Like I've told you guys before, 
Free agency is really condensed this season, so you're looking at Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. A very short turnaround time between the draft to when t- players can start signing contracts in July 7th. So we're going to know a lot here in a short amount of time, and I can't wait to see what the Chicago Bulls do. now. Because I'm sure we're going to get tons of uh, of voicemails after the NBA draft, whether the Bulls do something or don't do something. I wanted to get some of the voicemails off today. We got two from Matt and one from Genesis. We're going to play the first one from Matt now. What's going on, Hayes? It's Matt, 847. Uh, I'm just calling in, man. I've been watching all the pods. The trade rumors are kind of dying out a little bit, but the Bradley Beal news, man. I watched the pod. I watched you and, and the guys and everyone talk about it. Uh, you know, I've watched a few, a few podcasts and just other things, people, you know, breaking down the news. And, uh, I mean, let's be honest. They got rid of Bradley Beal for a bag of chips. I feel bad for CP3. Um, not really, actually, because I kind of hate Chris Paul, even though I respect the fuck out of Chris Paul. But I mean, if, if he even plays one game in the Wizards uniform, I'd be surprised, because if he does, I mean, he may never actually win a chip. It might be over. It might be time for him to call it up. The reason I'm calling in is, if that is the package that someone is getting for a Bradley Bill, yeah, the 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 Zach trades and all that, it's not looking good, bro. Yeah, Zach's probably worth more, but if they couldn't get one first-round pick for Bradley Bill, uh, the market, like you guys were talking about, is absolutely upside-down. And I actually think that it could be in the Bulls' favor. Now we can kind of slow down on all the trade Zach stuff and, you know, maybe maybe avoid making a mistake and just, you know, trying to make a move to make a move and getting rid of someone and getting scammed again. Um, because you look at it and it's like, if that's what you're getting for Bradley Beal, um, I mean, look around for all the other free agents. Like, let's say Zion Williamson. <laughs> Zion Williamson, sorry, Pat, I'll add, and porn stars, but Zion Williamson, even though he's been unhealthy and the shit that he's had going on off the court, the Pelicans want him gone by draft day. You think that Zion Williamson, with his recent string of health and everything else, is worth more than Bradley Bill? I mean, he's a first overall pick who could be a generational talent to this day if he took care of his body a little bit better and, and locked in. But, I mean, what are you going to get for Zion Williamson? It seems like it's going to be a bag of chips also. And the Bulls could use a power forward. You only got to get rid of a second-round pick and a bench player. I mean, you know, or whatever it's going to take to make the money's match. I mean, shit. It looks like maybe this could work out in the Bulls' favor. Him or other free agents. I mean, 
if there's no value, we, our problem is we don't have no first-round picks to give to people, right? That's what we're worried about. It looks like we don't need them. So we 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 can make some moves now as long as the money matches up. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they do in the next, like, two weeks here. And it should be interesting, man. Take care. All right. So yeah, we talked about that. You know, the Bradley Bill trade and what that means for a potential Zach Levine deal. I think the, the, the Bradley Bill thing is unique. Yes, he owned a trade exception, but that does not mean they had to accept peanuts for him. That means that they could have literally looked at Bradley Bill and said, hey, you're not going nowhere. Cool, we're going to keep you because we're not getting what we like. Keep your tra- no, your no trade clause. But that front office clearly just cares about bottoming out, getting rid of that big salary, being able to get off Chris Paul. So, you know, it's a, it's a different thing. I, I, the Bulls and them coming out a day or so later saying basically or coming out what their rumored uh, price is for Zach Levine, it makes sense, right? Set that price high. It doesn't seem like the Bulls are going to move Zach Levine for any type of Bradley Bill deal, and they shouldn't, right? They should be a smarter front office than that and make sure that they get the deal that they want if they're going to move the player that's been on this roster the longest. So, you know, ultimately, I don't think the Bulls are going to be at any risk to make a trade as stupid as what the Washington Wizards did, um, and I don't think that they're going to actually move Zach Levine this offseason, but we'll see. Now let's get into this next one. This one's from Genesis. Hello, Hayes. My name is Genesis. I'm a Chicago Bulls fan all the way from Hawaii. Um, I've been, I'm a big fan of uh, Chicago Bulls Central for quite a while now. I've been listening and watching y'all for quite some time. Big fan. But um, here, here's my hot, top, uh, hot take. What are your thoughts on acquiring Draymond Green? Because he recently declined his player option with GSW. And, this, uh, and he declined, what was it, like 25 million uh, player option? I know uh, it's not likely that he'll come to Chicago, but it'll be great. You know what I mean? Like he's a great defender. He'll he can bring leadership to, to the squad. He has playoff experience, and obviously, uh, it'll help her out with you know the team's ball movement. Yeah, let me know what you think, man. Um, shout out to uh, Chicago, Chicago Bulls Central. Uh, see you red if you can, man. Draymond Green. And I know this. I don't know like if I'm on the outskirts of this. Like what Draymond is going to want for a contract, I'm not willing to pay. Like, I know he brings some leadership. He brings punches. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a guy who, you know, can fit theoretically, I think, when you look at his skill set, maybe on any system as long as he's the facilitator. But I'm just not willing to pay the money that Draymond would want to bring him to the Chicago Bulls. Now, if he's willing to take a much lower offer and what we have, I mean, all we have to offer is the mid-level exception, and I just don't think that he's going to be willing to take that to come to a team that's not going to compete. I think Draymond is going, if he does leave the Golden State Warriors, He's going to go to a team where he can compete at, where he can fight for a title, and I don't really necessarily even think he's leaving the Golden State Warriors. So I, I, I understand it. I understand the fit. I understand why that thought process there is there on Draymond coming to the Bulls, but I just don't see it being something that happens, and I don't see it being something that the front office would spend the assets to go after and get Draymond because it would send them into the luxury tax. But, hey, let me know what you guys think on that one down below as well. If you're on the podcast side, you already know. I'll tell you how to get in your thoughts to us here at the end. All right, last one. This one's another one from Matt. Let's go ahead and play that now. What's going on, Hayes? Um, man, we're, we are, what, two days away from the draft. And, you know, I've, I've been really trying to put all the pieces together from the offseason. And I 100% agree with you and Pat. Um, it, it seems like the Bulls aren't going to do nothing. Everyone just really has to remember at the end of the day, AK made his moves. But at the end of the day, man, he can't get, he can't get past the ceiling. You know what I mean? He's, he's trapped in by the owners, by the Ryan's doors, you know, because they won't go into the tax. And, I mean, he's about out of moves unless he really shakes them up and trades one of them really nice contracts. 
on our squad, like Caruso or Kobe, you know, sign a trade, something like that. Because, I mean, if if this team was ever going to trade Zach Levine, it would be now. So I agree with you guys that it's probably not coming. Um, but if it did, it would probably be coming right about now. Because uh, when you think about it, DeMar's contract is about to be up after the season and Caruso's. Um, you probably let them both walk, but you don't want to let them both walk. Because if you don't, DeMar's probably going to actually get around the same money he's getting now, if not more, for the way he's played through this contract. Um, you already, you know, you're probably going to re-sign Vooch. And then, you know, you, you got this, like, Zach and Vooch core with Vooch signed until Zach had, like, a year left on his contract. And at that point, you're going to trade him. Most teams are just going to wait him out for his contract to be done. So I think the Bulls are probably looking at it now more than ever, thinking maybe it is time to trade Zach. And... I think they explored the options they could explore. And since nothing's really came on, I mean, we have two days to the draft, but it seems like it ain't happening. So I, I think we can all kind of kick back and think it's not happening. If it happens, I mean, I just want everyone to know it's not really a surprise when you think about it with how all the contracts line up and all this stuff. I mean, this is really their time to do it. I mean, and I don't know. I don't think it's coming. So maybe we make that, that push for the low draft. I don't even think that's coming, to be honest. I just kind of want to prepare everyone for that, you know, but uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll be surprised. See you, man. Thank you. All right, Matt, coming through again. Um, You know, AK's hands are strapped, and I do think that if we were a franchise that went – I think people forget, right? If we were a franchise that went into the luxury tax, not only would the Bulls have a full $12.5 million mid-level exception to use, but they'd also have, what is it, a $5 million biannual exception that they can use, and they'd probably also – Fired for file for the disabled player exception to get another ten and a half million dollar exception to to on the Lonzo Ball contract, but because we do not pay the luxury tax, all those like that. That's what did I just say? That's what twenty. If I'm off the top, well, twenty seven million dollars worth of assets that the Bulls can have to add to the team. Now they can't be added together, but when you look at that, the Bulls are theoretically leaving twenty, almost twenty million or fifteen because they're leaving the disabled player exception and the biannual exception on the table, right, just because they don't want to pay the luxury tax for one season, right? We're not even saying attach it to long-term deals to where now we're in the luxury tax for the next five years, but they won't even do that. That is, the luxury tax is a tool, right? It's not something that you say, hey, we're going to pay the luxury tax just to do, like you don't have to pay the luxury tax every season like a lot of teams do, but the luxury tax should be used as a tool if you're if you're strapped for cash, you can still add talent to the team. The Bulls don't even use the luxury tax as that they are leaving a tool on the table because of ownership, and that sucks, right? $15 million of additional assets we could have if we were just a tax-paying team for one season. And I think people forget as well, and this is something that also really grinds my gears. Shout out to, to Peter Griffin. Um, that really grinds my gears is the fact that all the teams that don't pay the luxury tax, they split the money are some of the money from the teams that pay the luxury tax. And so Jerry Reinsdorf has for years, for every year that the luxury tax has been a thing, except for one season, has gotten additional money from the teams that pay the luxury tax, and you would think you would put that back into the team. That is what's so so frustrating. And yes, I'm sure it does limit AK and what he can do hugely, right? And so it's unfortunate. But listen, AK accepted this job. If he didn't do his research, that's on him. Everybody knows that the Bulls are not a luxury tax-paying team. And so now he has to get to work, and we'll see what he do this offseason. But that's it for today. Make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, 
for our mailbag episodes. I really want to hear from you guys after the draft, even if it's not Bulls related. What, what teams do you think do good, do bad? What teams do you wish the Bulls would have done moves with? Let me know all that down below as well after the draft. The number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.